Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works. I hope everyone is really well today. And I am excited to introduce you to this episode's guest, Winnie Wang. Winnie is a traditional Chinese meridian-based energy healer. She's an international speaker, best-selling author, professor in acupuncture, soulful, medical, intuitive, and is also known as the queen of compassionate transformation, which I think is quite sweet when I read that. That's a quite sweet title that people would consider you to be the queen of compassionate transformation. So welcome, Winnie. I'm really excited to speak to you, as I mentioned. So can you please just tell us a bit about you and your story before we get into the health stuff? Sure, Charmaine. Thank you so much for having me. And I really love everybody who's tuning in on this podcast. First of all, uh, I don't know if people have heard of the TV show, Yen Can Cook and So Can You. But the idea is, I'm a queen of compassionate transformation and so are you, right? Every single person can be a king or queen of compassionate transformation. I have spent many years as, I guess, the damsel in distress, you know, the powerless princess who's stuck in the tower and just stuck in her own trauma and these stories that just aren't true, but because I kept repeating them, you know, in my monkey mind that I got trapped thinking that I am stuck, right? So if I can do it, you can do it. So, you know, this title, Queen of Compassion Transformation, is more one of empowerment, where if you listen to this podcast episode, and if you follow me on social media, I hope you too will become the king and queen of your journey in transformation. And it's so true. So many of us feel trapped and like the victim and like Rapunzel <laughs> and, and we don't know what to do. So then a lot of people, they'll just stay there. They'll stay in the tower and they will just be trapped for a very long time, sometimes forever. Yeah. And, you know, I think all of us know the body keeps the score. So some of us have jaw pain, neck pain, shoulder pain, lower back pain, chest pain, hip pain, ankle pain, knee pain. It's just like pain, pain, pain everywhere. And, you know, a lot of my clients, they have chronic UTIs, you know, like they might have, you know, uh, fibroid cysts, breast cancer, infertility. There's just so many diseases that come from actually trapped emotions because the body keeps a score, right? So some of these things that happen in our childhood or, you know, when we have physical, emotional, or sexual abuse in our life, they just stay there. And so, you know, it's really funny because initially I am... Um, 
a licensed acupuncturist. So I practice traditional Chinese medicine. And really, I really specialize in healing trauma because I realized, you know, all these clients, they come to me with decreased eyesight or lower back pain, even mysterious liquid coming out of the ear or chronic UTI. I cannot help them unless I talk about the anger and the fear and the unworthiness, the shame and the grief, all of these emotions that are trapped inside, which is why I end up writing a book called Honoring Darkness, Embrace Shadow Work to Nourish and Grow Your Power. Because if you don't do the shadow work, I mean, this is my favorite analogy, right? If somebody comes to me and said, Winnie, 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 can you help me lose weight? And I say, okay, if you're going to go eat 21 cheeseburger, I don't care if you come pay me once a week. I'm no healer in the world. It's going to overcome you eating 21 cheeseburger and help you lose weight. Okay. So it's the same thing. You know, people come to me with eyesight problems, lower back pain, kidney UTIs, whatever. If you don't let go of some of the anger and the fear and the grief and the shame and unworthiness, it doesn't matter how good I am as an acupuncturist. I'm not going to be able to overcome all these chemicals, all these stress hormones that you keep pumping into your system. Like I can't do that if you can't give up the cheeseburgers. Mm -hmm. Well, once a week is okay. Just don't eat 21 cheeseburgers. <laughs> who can afford 21 cheeseburgers nowadays but don't you I I this comes back to what I speak to my clients about even before people pay me I speak to them about emotional readiness like you could hire the best teacher in the world but if you are not emotionally ready nothing's going to work. So it doesn't matter if you hire me or you hire a celebrity trainer, it is not going to work. You have to be ready. But Winnie, don't you feel that a, most, the majority of us have some sort of trauma, even if we think, well, I was never like sexually abused or I was never this, that, and the other. Trauma can be perceived differently from person to person, but when you look at society now, I'd say you'd be hard pressed to find someone that hasn't got some sort of trauma that's driving anger or fear or anxiety or sense of lack of self-worth or something like that. Thank you for that question. Okay, I just want to take a deep breath of everybody. Inhale. And exhale. Every single one of us has trauma. If you've ever driven on the highway <laughs> and if you've ever gotten angry because somebody cut you off, right? If you've ever experienced anger or fear or something else come up, and it lasts longer than 90 seconds. Okay, two part. One is you have the anger or the fear. And B is that it lasts longer than 90 seconds. Then you have trauma. Okay, why? Okay, so 
fear is a healthy thing, right? If I go hiking, I better have some fear because I don't want to fall off the cliff, right? If I am switching lanes on the highway, I want a little bit of fear because a little bit of fear makes me careful. However, if my fear lasts longer than 90 seconds, it actually means that my nervous system is not in a regulated state, right? Okay, so for example, if I'm hiking and I notice, hmm, I have a fear of heights. So if I am connected to my original nature, if I am calm and regulated, I'll just be able to give thanks to the fear as it comes up. Oh, okay, I'm having some fear. And then I can just and let it go and trust that I can trust myself to be careful and not fall off the cliff. So if you feel the fear for longer than 90 seconds, it means that some part of your body is activated. So for example, you know, we all know the Titanic, the movie, and you know, there's this iceberg. Most of us are only conscious two to 5%. That's the tip of the iceberg above the water. And most of us is unconscious about 95 to 98%. Right. And when is the subconscious formed? It's formed between age zero and seven. So in other words, most of us are running around on autopilot. Right. So we automatically get triggered. We automatic. Why? Why do we have to get angry when there's traffic? <laughs> why? Right. Um, why do we have to get stressed about meeting deadlines? Why? You know, in some sense, it's all empty. You know, when we were born babies, I promise you, babies weren't really born with a lot of anger. You know, babies just open their eyes and mostly they want to flirt with everybody. You know, actually, science has shown that we don't know the difference between men and women until two years old. And we don't really know um, ethnicity like Black, white, Asian until we're five years old, right? So, all of these distinction, oh, I expect a man to be this way, a, a woman to be this way, or I expect a black person, a white person, an Asian person to be this way, is taught. It's taught by our parents. It's taught by society. And you know what? That is trauma. That is trauma because as babies, we are born to our original nature which is love and kindness but when our parents and society separated us from loving kindness right they taught us how to be angry and fear and all of these things so every single one of us have trauma so that all that all saying as you were speaking that rang true to me of society makes you hard it makes you hard and life makes you hard in general. And I'm sure our parents didn't mean anything vindictive by it. They were just doing what they were taught. But um, we were born just 
just full of love, like no judgment, just as innocent and as pure as possible. And then wear and tear, wear and tear, like, like everything. So from research I've done on you and what you've said there, I came across something interesting. And that was regards to trauma and how it affects the kidneys. And you do a lot of talk on the kidneys. Can you elaborate a bit on that? Absolutely. So I'm just gonna say two things that sort of like the 101 of Chinese medicine. Concept number one is where there's a blockage, there is pain. And where there's flow, there is no pain. So basically, all of us are walking around with a report card, okay? If you have lower back pain or knee pain, okay, pay attention. That's a report card. And it's not like a punishment that we have lower back pain. It's not a punishment that we have knee pain. It's like there is a message for us to look into the lower back pain or the knee pain. And the second concept in Chinese medicine is the five elements. So the five elements are wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. And they correspond to the five organs. Okay, so liver, heart, um, the digestion, stomach, spleen, and then lung and kidney. And then they correspond to the emotions. So that's um, anger, it lives in the liver right? This uh, abandonment, disconnection, loneliness is in the heart. And then the overthinking, worry, anxiety is, you know, in this digestion. Then the grief is stored in the lungs. And finally, fear is stored in the kidneys. So basically, you know, I'm going to tell a quick story. So one time I had a client, she's had liquid coming out of her ears for three months, you know, during this time, she went to the ER and then they, they just don't know what to do with her. You know, they even gave her, a, you know, steroids, meds for cancer, antibiotics, just they have no clue what to do. And nothing could stop that liquid coming out of the ear. And though she came to me and I said, well, you know, in Chinese medicine, the ear is in the kidney system. So, and the kidney system correspond with fear. So I said, okay, what is the most fearful thing that was happening three months ago? Then she said, well, I had to make a very important and scary business decision. You know, I got an offer to sell my company and my greatest fear was making the wrong choice. Because if I sell the company now, I'm afraid that I'm leaving too much money on the table. And if I don't sell the company now, I'm afraid I'll never get another offer. I said, okay, where's your company now? And she said, oh, I sold it a month ago. And then I said, honey, do you see the emptiness of your suffering? I mean, this is so not happening. Your body hasn't receive the signal that it's okay to let go you you know you you are in full fear response 
And through a combination of coaching, right? We got to talk about her fear, you know, and acupuncture, which is I help move the energy that's the blockages stuck in the kidney channel. And also a lot of uh, blessing because I'm a spiritual channel that can connect to um, the heaven realm. In one session, liquid stopped coming out of her ear, right? So what is the value of having the liquid come out of your ear? Like no Western medicine was helping that, you know? And, and then it's almost like, well, the longer she has liquid coming out of here, the more fear she has, right? So it turns into the more liquid, the more fear, the more liquid, the more fear. And the only way to exit the loop is to realize the emptiness of your fear. <laughs> like this is almost pointless. You've already sold a business kind of thing. Like, yeah. That's what I mean is that if your fear lasts more than 90 seconds. So let's go back to the tip of the iceberg analogy, right? Because the decision of whether to sell the company or not, that's above the surface. That's the stuff that you can see. But what you cannot see, which is the other 95 to 98 percent, is all the times you felt fear between age zero and seven, right? Think about something like if your mom said, if you don't brush teeth, then all of your teeth will fall off. Okay, fear. You know, if you don't put shoes on right now, then we're not gonna go to the playground, fear. If you don't go to sleep right now, etc 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 so i want to tell you most of us have received fear guilt and shame as unconscious parenting growing up so i guarantee you that you have some trauma and all of us including myself get to look at it so every time we get triggered right trigger meaning okay, I have the experience of fear and it's lasting more than 90 seconds. It's actually an opportunity to awaken, an opportunity to go deeper into the iceberg and go back. Okay, like what is really going on here? Why am I really stuck in my fear? And so unless you look at the mountain, that's the 95% below the surface. Your life, every time something makes you have an experience of fear, you're going to go into hearing problems, kidney problems, lower back pain, knee pain, all of these other things. So yeah, that's why I'm so passionate about my book and my course. It, it's really beyond priceless. You know, what, what is health worth to you? So what I'm understanding is that fear in itself, no matter what it stems from, finances, past experiences, relationship issues, even fear of failure of success, um, that can manifest in the kidneys. And you can start then to see that present in different symptoms then, but it has a direct connection according to traditional Chinese medicine fear and anything in that kind of realm or area is going to manifest in the kidneys. 
Exactly. And so especially if you have lower back pain or knee pain, very likely you have some fear. Yeah. And is it true from what I did on your research as well, is that a lot of our life force, and I found this surprising, comes from our kidneys, because when people think of life force, I think they'll think of the heart, maybe it's energizing or the muscle system. But from what you have kind of spoke about in your research is that the kidneys are our source of vitality and um, energy. And even that I heard you mention before, they are the yin and the yang. Can you speak a bit more on that? I love this question. So I would like to help everybody clarify. Of course, the heart is important. And of course, the kidney is important. Everything is important. You are important. I am important. Every person listening to this podcast is important. And actually, what does the Bible say? The Bible say we're all one body, right? We all work together. So the heart is the fire, the love, right? So the heart warms, right? So when I say, I love you, that comes from my heart, the warmth of my heart. Meanwhile, the kidney is the water element. Okay. So what does the water do? The water nourishes, right? Without water, none of the plants will grow. But also, you know, without light, the plant also will not grow. We need the light and the water. So the heart is like the, the love that warms. And then the water is that which nourishes and supports. So one of the meditations I love doing with my clients is asking them to put one hand on the heart and then putting one hand in the lower abdomen, or you can put it, you know, in the kidneys area, which is behind your back. And just pretend that the heart and the kidney are two best friends. And they love sending text messages to each other. So the heart says, I love you. So just visualize this, I love you text message is going from your heart into your kidneys. And then the kidney, having received that, sends a message to the heart. I support you. I got you. I got you. And now imagine that the heart is constantly sending I love you to the kidney and the kidneys are constantly sending I support you back into the heart so we now have a circulation going and so that is how we have harmony between the fire and the water you know so the heart is the love and the kidney is the support right that's why I said if you have lower back pain or you have um knee pain is probably related to fear because, you know, that's down there, right? You know, if, so what is the opposite of fear? The opposite of fear is trust. It's foundation, it's strength. 
discipline, right? So, you know, that's why it's it's like um, there are all these exercises that you can do to strengthen and boost your foundation, your kidney. So instead of thinking, oh, I have fear in my kidneys, what if we delete those conversations of fear and just put in trust, strength, support, foundation, right? Just keep repeating those words and feeding them into our kidneys. Mm, that's kind of why those words like I got this or you got this can be so powerful because it instills trust in yourself, but this big confidence aspect. But why you said in another interview, I have a, co uh, a client right now who's struggling a lot with sleep issues. Her sleep was doing great, but then she had some events a very busy summer she's a multiple business owner so she's like your powerhouse entrepreneur like she is more busy than I am I don't know how she does it but her sleep has just gone so bad lately and as much as I started saying to her you need to slow down like is there anywhere you can take a step back like your businesses are doing great but you're pushing yourself too hard but then in one of your interviews you mentioned kidney imbalances and insomnia and fear and then I started having a conversation with her going you know what I think you might have some underlying fear and I think it's more around your businesses and being a failure there which is impossible because your businesses are already successful so even if you did fail you're not failing it would be by choice um but can you just speak a bit on that like you see insomnia fear kidneys yeah so I want to take a step back and say that there are probably 10 possible causes, you know, or underlying causes to insomnia in the traditional Chinese medicine system. So sometimes we have excess. So for example, somebody who has a lot of anger, they have trouble falling asleep. We could also have a deficiency condition, for example, somebody doesn't have enough chi to fall asleep. Yes, you know, some people can have not en enough. It's kind of like constipation. You know, somebody who's always angry and holding on to all of the grudges can have really hard time pushing out, you know, the elimination system. But somebody who's really weak and tired all the time can also have difficulty eliminating. So understanding if you really want to get to the bottom of your constipation or insomnia or UTIs, do go to Yelp and find a licensed acupuncturist. You know, they will look at your tongue and take your pulse and be able to properly diagnose what is the underlying condition. That being said, this is, if this were my client, I would ask them one question. Are you serving money or is money serving you? So if I am serving money, I'm always chasing money. I never have enough money. I never have enough success. I'm never there. Right. I just keep 
wanting more and more and more and more and more. If money is serving me, then actually I'll make even more money because the moment I let go of my attachment to making money or the moment I let go of my attachment to fame, success, all of those things, money just comes to me, right? Think about this. You know, if I am serving money, I would be stressed out. How many books am I selling? How many courses am I selling? Okay, um, am I working too much or too little? How am I gonna recruit my clients? Okay, all of these conversation is gonna cause me stress. And yes, maybe it'll affect my sleep because I'm always using my brain to solve the problems, right? I'm, I'm running a lot of human realm uh, suffering. But if I just let go of all my attachments to money and all my attachment to fame, I don't care how many followers I have. I'm just, just showing up, having a good time, you know? And you know what? Vibes don't lie, right? So somebody could be looking at your webpage. They already know in their heart if you are the right person or not. You know, I don't have to sell really hard if you should read my book or follow me or whatever. You know if I'm real or not. You just listen and you know if this person has experience, all the wisdom, the expertise, you know, right? So when we are so grounded in our being, we are like flowers that just attract all the bees to us so therefore we don't have to stress about recruiting expanding right just we just be ourselves and we come from a heart of service right i i'm knowing that i'm so passionate about the service i want to offer just come from i want to serve 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 you know dear universe please help connect all the people who will benefit from my service to me. You know, I'm calling on all the souls of all the clients who will benefit from my service, you know, who, who will listen to your podcast, right? Who will give you a five-star review, who, who will work with you as a private client, you know, just do so marketing and then just trust that people are going to come in because, you know, Souls don't lie, you know, the vibes don't lie. They know if you're the real deal. So you don't have to stress about it. A couple of things that you said there, when people speak and begin to connecting the dots, especially in my own brain, what you said about if someone write, reads your website, I think if you speak from the heart, so I did my own bio, like from what my heart says, people can see that. Whereas if I hired someone to write my bio for me, it's, it's too generic, it's too robotic. People will not connect with it. And then the other thing that you said was the whole trust. What is the opposite of fear? It's trust. It's when you, when you stop chasing the money and you trust and you have faith. And I say to my clients a lot, trust the process, it will work. When you put that trust out there and it's kind of like saying, that's okay, God's got my back. 
where the universe has got me, I will be fine, it will work out. There's a lot of trust there, but that's the opposite to fear and trust can be a big thing. So I think this specific client, I feel like she's she's not serving the money, she's serving being successful rather than being successful serving her, which comes back to the fear then was she made feel inadequate at some stage in her life or someone called her a failure or something but there's that big trust aspect and trust is such a fine commodity nowadays don't you think like it confidence is not very well instilled in people anymore not a lot of people have confidence so no wonder we're afraid of everything (laughs) okay so I want to take a moment and say that You know, I think all of us want love, right? And all of us want trust. But even though we want love and we want trust, we also get to let go of the attachment of having love, the attachment of having trust, because we're not going to find trust by seeking it, (laughs) right? Um, That's the irony. And how I coach myself to surrender to it right and this is my conversation okay Winnie if you trust the process it's perfect that means you can relax and receive if you don't trust the process it's also perfect because if I don't trust I will struggle and then from the struggle I will grow and I will innovate Think about it for a second, right? All the innovators in the world, people who created refrigerators, air conditioners, iPhones, either they follow their teachers or what is already existing in society and just receive an accept, or they say, oh no, that's not good enough. Uh, I can do better. I'm going to invent the air conditioner. I'm going to invent the refrigerator. I'm going to invent the iPhone, right? So some of us are going to trust and some of us are not going to trust. And some of us trust sometimes and some of us don't trust sometimes. So what I want to help everybody see is the perfection, okay? If you have a lot of trust right now, perfect. You don't have to struggle. You can just relax and receive. If you don't have trust, also perfect. It means that you're meant to be, you know, struggling a little bit and then you're going to invent and create something that hasn't been created before. So isn't it so great when you realize if I trust is perfect, if I don't trust is perfect, then you can let go. Mm. Will I trust or not is perfect. Everything is perfect. Yeah. Everything will happen for a reason. Everything's meant to be. So if you don't mind, I just want to come back to one thing because I'm curious about this. What we mentioned about the kidneys being the yin and yang and one kidney potentially being yin and one is yang. If someone, because one of my clients recently donated a kidney to her friend, if you remove a kidney, does that then mean that your yin and yang is out of balance? Like, what would that do? Okay, so thank you for that question. You know, a lot of people have surgeries to remove their appendix or gallbladder, you know, um, or even, you know, having the uterus removed. So so this is quite common. Um, 
So first of all, understand that there is the physical organ and then there's the energetic organ. So just because you have removed the physical aspect of the organ, you can still connect to the energetic part of the organ. That being said, there is some compensation that needs to happen. But I want to say something, which is instead of looking at, oh, I'm never going to have a gallbladder or I'm never going to have a kidney and feeling sad and sorry for ourselves that we're always going to be imbalanced because, you know, people are not meant to be that way is to see that your life's greatest challenge is also your greatest blessing. And I'm going to use myself as an example. So in 2009, I had a spinal injury. Uh, so during the birth of my second child, my tailbone curved because of the hormones that were in my body. And so unfortunately, when your spine is curved, all the organs sit in the wrong place and all the bones starts compensating. So every single morning I wake up, I have neck pain, lower back pain, knee pain, all those things, you know, and then sometimes I do jumping jacks and I'll pee on myself because my organs are sitting in the wrong place. And for years, I had anxiety and depression. And sometimes, you know, I would even cry three hours episode every day. But it was the greatest blessing because if I hadn't had this tailbone injury, I wouldn't have become an acupuncturist. And if I haven't had all the anxiety and depression, I wouldn't have learned Reiki and become the medical intuitive that I am. And now it's even better because I realize that the structural misalignment in my tailbone actually created a hole in my energetic system. And what that means is I have a direct connection to the void. And that's why it's so powerful when I can, you know, just access downloads and transmissions and offer blessings and stuff like that. It's because I have a hole in my body, <laughs> so to say. So do I wake up with pain every single morning? Yes. After a long day of work, do I have a lot of pain? Yes. Do I have to spend a lot of hours stretching, you know, doing, you know, Pilates and heat therapy just to maintain my equipment? Yes. But also from my greatest pain is also my greatest gift that I can serve humanity. And so, you know, people who have had one kidney donated, or one gallbladder removed, whatever it is, it's created some kind of imbalance in your body. And in the beginning, it's going to affect you. In the beginning, you might find, oh, I experience more fear than other people. I have a harder time with trust and stuff like that. And that's okay. That's okay because once you realize that God doesn't do mistakes, right? God didn't take away your gallbladder or your kidney because 
God wants to punish you. But because God wanted to make you a unique servant of humanity. So once you realize the purpose of not having a kidney, what is that doing in your body and energetically? What magic does that allow you to do? Oh my God. That's why one of my passion is helping people unlock their light, right? So people come to me with physical pain and I double down. I increase their capacity to serve humanity because I'm like, dude, this is perfectly imperfect. Your imperfection is part of the perfection. Once you realize your greatest challenge is also your greatest blessing and how this is how you make money. You got to lean into it, right? This is how you serve. That is a, a, an amazing way to put it. That's almost a crazy way to put it because you worded it in such a way that's more spiritual and energetic than it is the physical I've lost a part of my body part so I, I really appreciate that response it really kind of drove home some ideas to me about growing from our struggles really what we think is something bad really is potentially a gift in disguise so one other thing I was wondering if you would discuss, because I do have a lot of male listeners, but the majority of my followers and listeners are female. And I heard you discuss the cycle the, of seven in women before and what happens to women as they go through their life in these like seven ages or seven stages. Can you touch a bit on that? Because I had never heard of that before. Okay, so since you have both female and male listeners, the multiplier for women is seven and the multiplier for men is eight. So just do your own math if you're a man. So what does that mean is that, um, you know, from zero to seven, we are in one bracket and so actually there are many teachings there's like a teaching from the traditional Chinese medicine realm and then there's teaching from you know um, other types of traditions so it's really an explanation you know zero to seven seven to fourteen fourteen to twenty one twenty one to twenty eight so for example you know when you hit 14, these things change in your body and therefore you might get your period. And then 28 is like your body's best time to make babies. 35 is when your body starts to decline and by 49, you might hit menopause. And, you know, it's not fair or unfair, but the multiplier for men is eight. So men have zero to eight, eight to 16, you know, 16 to 24, et cetera. Yeah. And we just kind of experience life changes during these seven year time frames. Like this is kind of changes in maturity or your life cycle per se. So some of my Women clients, they tell me, oh my God, Winnie, I hit 42 and all of a sudden I just have more fat in my body. It's like I eat the same thing and I do the same workout and it it just seems to stick to my body. Yeah. And I tell them that's perfect. 
you know, one of my Western medicine doctors, so part of receiving this uh, traditional Chinese medicine degree, we also learn Western medicine. He said to me, Winnie, when we hit menopause, we want to have 10 to 15% extra body weight because Okay, so for example, if you have 10 to 15% extra money in your bank account, then COVID hit and suddenly the world shut down, you know, you can still pay rent. You can still buy food. So I don't know why as a society, we think that having a little extra weight is bad. Okay, when we hit menopause, if we have an extra 10, 15 pounds going in, then what the magazine says we should have, okay? Mm. And then cancer hits. Okay, when cancer hits, you can't eat. You throw up all the time. What's the difference between two people getting cancer? Okay, one person has a little extra bank account, a little extra fat in their body, and they are more likely to be strong, with you know the chemotherapy versus a person who already has no fat in the body no reserve okay so why do are we so obsessed with being stick thin it's like our obsession with being stick thin is like okay let's have zero savings in, in our bank account no we want a little bit something in our bank account so that you know you never know i think most of us take it for granted that we can always eat we can always digest. You know, one time I had jaw pain, so painful, I couldn't eat except a liquid diet. I think like I lost 10, 15 pounds just like that it was so fast. I couldn't eat anything. I was hungry all the time. I mean, because how many calories can I really eat just on a liquid diet, right? And having had that experience totally changed my relationship with eating because, oh my goodness, my jaw is working. Oh my God, I can actually eat pizza. <laughs> Something I totally took for granted. And it's not until I was, I lost that ability to chew that I realized what a gift it is that I can eat pizza. And so never again am I looking at the pizza and seeing how many calories is this piece of pizza. I'm just so grateful my jaw yeah. is working. <laughs> that really gratitude and appreciation what a lot of people say happens when they fast say then when they can eat again that appreciation I often often say especially on days where I don't want to work out I'm so lucky that I can work out when other people can't and that will usually encourage me to work out and when it hurts when the pain is there I'm like I'm so blessed to have this pain this pain is mine so as much as we we hate the burn and the lactic acid buildup, it's mine. I own it. I'm grateful for it because there's so many people that can't even walk. They can't do anything. So you have a new book out called Honoring Darkness, which works a lot more on the whole shadow work aspect of health. Can you discuss that, like starting from the beginning? Because not a lot of people know what shadow work is at all. Like, yeah. So, 
another one a client of mine you know she find me on Yelp and said okay can acupuncture help restore my eyesight and I said uh I can't promise you on anything but come on in so in traditional Chinese medicine, anger is stored in the liver and liver opens in the eyes. And through coaching and doing shadow work on her anger and helping her find forgiveness in one session, 100% recovery on her eyesight. Now, of course, I don't get to claim credit because I always say, I can't make you forgive someone. I can't force forgiveness on you. Only you can choose to forgive so therefore i don't get the credit and also if your eyes don't heal it's also not my fault because you're not forgiving you know you say you forgive but you haven't truly forgiven so i thought that okay how many people can i heal one at a time in the office when i can write a book to systematically look at your grief your anger your suppression your fear unworthiness conflict, scarcity mindset, entitlement, manipulation, and shame. And so as I'm also a nerdy professor with four science degrees, so I wanted to give people a Bible, a textbook, complete with exercises at the end of every chapter where you just buy the book, you do the exercises, and then, you know, you have a really good idea of what your shadows are. Instead of, I don't even know what my shadows are. I just walk around. I get triggered left and right, but I don't know, right? So the book is a journey into the the below the iceberg, right? Trying to look below the iceberg because it's so empowering to understand yourself and what are these unconscious conversations that are running autopilot. So from what I'm understanding is shadow work is you basically facing your shadow facing that darkness looking into what's causing you turmoil inside and and really delving deep and people don't like to do that I don't like to do that I, it's it's challenging it's uncomfortable but that's what shadow work is it's facing these uncomfortable aspects of darkness within you like like your shadow and i do want to um give a little bit of kind of like a health warning but the best way to do shadow work two ways one is private one-on-one with somebody who is trained in shadow work it could be a trauma-informed talk therapist and two is in a community and actually my personal opinion is better much more effective in a community because our ego doesn't want to go there our ego doesn't want to admit what a monster we are you know with our anger and our fear so instead of always looking into myself and be like, what's wrong with me? When we come together as a community, then I can learn from your breakthrough, right? If I listen to your shadow with anger, if I listen to your story with fear, then it makes it really safe for me to look at my own anger and fear, knowing 
hey, I'm not alone. Every single person has this thing. Everybody share the same shame and, you know, same drama queen. And we're all just the same. Like it really, it's actually a very loving and nurturing experience, which is why I created a course as a companion guide with the book, because together held in community, we can support each other. There's um when you're in a group, it coaxes it out of you bit by bit. You might be uncomfortable, but the more other people open up, it kind of coaxes you to open up as well. And I do think we do better in groups. You see with the lockdowns and everything, being isolated, people did not do well. We need groups. I have my one-to-one stuff. And I also have a group and there's certain one-to-one clients where I'll say, I actually, as reluctant as they are, I'll say, trust me, I actually think the group scenario is going to be way more beneficial to you. You think, you think, oh, I'll do better by myself, but I can see you actually need the group. And I see how they talk to each other. And sometimes I won't comment. I'll just watch what they're saying and they support each other, and they're agreeing with each other, and oh my god, yeah, that happens to me, and this is what I do, and it's, I never could put words on it, I would always say, you know what, our group is not like your typical sales group, it's different, we're like a little community, but you just said it there, we're loving, and we're nurturing, and there's no drama, there's never any negativity, because we all are slightly insecure, because we know who am I to judge, but at the same time, you've got that loving, nurturing, coaxing aspect. There's so much to be said. Like one-to-one is great in certain circumstances, but having a group is beneficial for most people. Being alone is not good. I don't think so. Also, being in a group is much more economical. <laughs> well, there is that aspect. I always say my group is just an extension of my schedule. So I try to keep it cat at a certain number just to like you help more people but in a more practical kind of way but it's amazing when you take a step back and reflect on what the last three or so years did to us it's obvious being isolated did not do us well at all and it it pushed people into dark places which is where your book is very fitting and just kind of like opening up and at one stage I heard you say like you go through the darkness so that it brings you back to the light so you can shine stronger. Did I phrase that right? <laughs> exactly. You know, as a society, we don't look want to look at, you know, animal feces or rotting tomatoes or banana peels. We think that's all stinky. But it is when we decompose the waste that it turns into rich fertilizer with which we grow, right? So if we if we never decompose, the nutrients doesn't go back to the soil and how do we grow? You know, Thich Nhat Hanh wrote a book called No Mud, No Lotus. So this whole concept is we are all lotuses. We all came to be different. Maybe you're meant to be a rose or a peony, right? But we're all meant to be a f- beautiful flower, but we need that rich soil to grow. And really shadow work is decomposing the shadow into nutrients for us to grow into more beautiful flowers. 
Yeah, the decomposition is the beginning of something new, pretty much. So your book really, and I'm going to get your book, and I was just checking if it was on Amazon Canada, because you know what? I'm a certified iridologist. I find the eyes fascinating. And when I monitor my own, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like good at a lot of stuff in regards to health. I know how to detoxify my body. I keep my circulation on point, but I always see a bit of toxicity around my liver. Like how, what is this? Like I literally would have one alcohol drink a week and I eat pretty good and I do like everything right. But when you said there that anger is associated with the liver I have anger issues and not that I need anger management I mean I have anger that I have pushed down and I've not addressed and sometimes I can feel it festering inside me I was saying to a client it feels like a small flame always lingering but at any stage it could just blow up and I can feel it some days more than other but when you said that I was like, well, that makes sense why my liver would be having issues because I, I, I'm i big enough woman to admit I do have anger issues. Like I, I do from past experiences and trauma and relationships and all. So I'm really going to look into the book because the last thing I want is liver issues as well. So I did check a lot of my followers and clients are based in Canada, but I do have a lot right down the states to mexico over to ireland and england so a lot but it is available on amazon in canada from anyone who's looking for it and then amazon in the states and again that's called honoring darkness and i'm assuming it's in the likes of chapters and in indigo and well, i don't think you guys have indigo we have indigo here and can you I yeah. yeah, I I just want to um offer you a healing blessing right now. Is that okay to heal the liver? Yes. Okay, please. so so this uh healing blessing is for our beloved uh host, Charmaine, but also for all the listeners who want to receive um let's call it a liver cleanse massage. Okay, so to receive this, all you have to do is close your eyes. And put one hand over the heart and one hand over the lower abdomen. And silently say your name to heaven three times. We really love you, honor you, and appreciate you. We cannot thank you enough. At this time, we humbly request transmission, download of the greatest forgiveness into all of the people who are listening into their livers to help them experience the greatest forgiveness in their liver. You're going to know the blessing is over when you hear how, how, how. Otherwise, please keep your eyes closed. Blessing begins. Da <laughs> 
的宽恕，的宽恕，的宽恕，的宽恕。Allowing this light to come into your liver. Feeling a softening, surrendering, and melting in your liver. How, how, how. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Love you, love you, love you. Thank you for that. that You're welcome. I actually got emotional. And my eyes welled up. And I don't get emotional live. But it, I could sense the light. But I got emotional, which reinforced, I need to get this book and do this work because something is pent up inside me. So thank you so much for that blessing. I really appreciate it. Before I let you go, and I cannot say thank you enough, and I hope to have you back on soon once I've read the book, maybe we can discuss what I experience. Where can my followers and listeners find out more about you and the information you're putting out and everything like that? Sure. So my website is mindfulhealingheart.com. And you can also find me on YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook as Mindful Healing Heart. And I actually on my website, there's a link to a community where every single Wednesday, I release a free healing blessing. So if you enjoy this blessing, by all means, subscribe. And every week, there is a free blessing. So that's every Wednesday. Yes. Thank you. I, I'm going to sign up for that. I can't thank you enough, Winnie. Like I got emotional there. My eyes watered. So thank you so much for that. It's been a pleasure. I know my followers and clients will love this. I mean, I delve into the nutrition aspect and the supplements, but I'm always reminding them there's so much more to it. You have to address everything. So thank you for being on with me. And I hope you have a wonderful day and hope to have you back soon. Definitely after I read the book. Okay, I love you guys so much. Thank you, Winnie. Thank Bye. you.